Hello, friend. We are already one week into the new year. Welcome to The Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. Here we talk all things food freedom, fitness, and life transformation. I'm your host, Alicia Carlson. If this is your first episode tuning in with us, welcome. If you are back for more, thank you so much for coming back to spend your time with me. Now, this time of year, it definitely seems like for the most part, we are all gung-ho on either new goals that we've set for ourselves or maybe the old goals from last year or previous years that we didn't quite reach. I don't know too many people these days that seem to be setting resolutions, but that does also seem to be kind of a part of the goal setting, right? We resolve to either stop doing something or we want to resolve to do more of something. So I was just out walking my dogs between the rain showers today, and I was listening to a podcast. She was, of course, talking about goal setting and kind of her spin on it. And she said something that really stuck out to me. And it was this idea of, are you going to set your goals this year the same way that you have done in the past year, in the last few years, the goals that you didn't reach, right? And expect different results. So I think a lot of times what we end up doing is we either set the same goal, right? So if we had a goal for ourselves last year that we didn't reach, we set that same goal again and we embark on that journey trying to achieve the goal in the exact same way that we did last year when it didn't work. And so that to me was just such a powerful question is regardless of if you're setting the same goal, if you're setting new goals for yourself, If you are setting goals and you are not achieving them, are you going to keep approaching it the same way yet expecting different results? I don't know if this is actually the definition of insanity, but I have heard that over and over again. And you have likely heard that too of, are you going to do the same thing and expect different results, right? That is the definition of insanity or so they say. So I think for so many of us, this is exactly what we do or this is exactly the way that we approach our goals is we set the same goals, we're setting new goals, but we approach them in the exact same way as the times that we've set goals and have not achieved those, right? So even if the process or the method didn't actually work, we somehow kind of have that magic thinking that this time it will be different. And ironically, with that magic thinking, we also see that a lot with diets, right? How many diets have you tried in the past in January? And every time you try a new diet, you think this diet is going to be different. And yet it ends up yielding the exact same results. So we can kind of get looped into what psychologists call magic thinking, thinking that this time it will be different. This time something magic is going to happen that hasn't happened before. But what I want to suggest and what we'll kind of dive into a little bit more here in just a few minutes is that we've kind of set goals in a backwards way, right? We try to put on these different actions or these different behaviors or these different habits on top of our current self-identity or our current self-concept and the way that we think about and view ourselves rather than taking the inside out approach and really becoming the person who... Okay, so without spoiling too much, let's just get into it. Um, I've been reading and listening a lot recently about resolutions and goal setting, and I wanted to just kind of round up and share some of my key takeaways or thoughts with you. 
So number one is expect setbacks and failures. I think that this is probably one of the things that really cause people to kind of give up on their goals or their resolutions is that they don't anticipate that there are going to be setbacks and failures. And so when the failures come, when the obstacles come, when the setbacks come, when we're doing everything quote unquote right and not getting the result that we want, we think it's not working. We think something's gone wrong. Something's wrong with us. Maybe something's wrong with the approach that we're taking. And then we ultimately just end up giving up. So setbacks, failures, obstacles, all of those things are really just a part of the process. And it really actually is necessary in order for us to experience the setbacks, to experience the failures on the way to our goals and the results that we want to create. This is the way that we learn what works and what doesn't work. But oftentimes what ends up happening is we experience a setback, we fail, you know, in our attempt to reach the goal, and we just decide that maybe this goal isn't for us, maybe we can't do it, and we allow that to completely derail us. We think this is not supposed to happen, this is not supposed to be like it, um, or you know, this process isn't supposed to be like this, and we might even start to stack that up as proof or evidence that we're never going to get to our goal. So just remember that it took Thomas Edison something like 10,000 tries to figure out the light bulb. Every failure or setback is an opportunity for you to learn and to grow from if you choose, right? So we can look at our setbacks, we can look at our failures, and we can either chalk that up to reasons that we cannot reach our goal or that we will not reach our goal, or we can use those setbacks and those failures as opportunities for us to learn and to grow, to learn from ourselves, to learn from what didn't work, and then to grow, right? To make the adjustment, to make the small tweak, and to keep going. Okay, takeaway number two, it's less about the doing and more about the being. So I alluded to this a few minutes ago when I was talking about how I think oftentimes we take kind of that outside-in approach. And a couple years back, I read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, and it was a great book. There were lots of gold nuggets and little tidbits of wisdom, so I definitely recommend that you read or listen to that. But I think the one thing that he said in there that has really stuck with me the most is that he shares that the people who are the most successful with habit change or behavior change are the people who become the person who do that habit or who have that result or who do that behavior. It becomes a part of their identity or their self-concept, the way that they view themselves versus trying to action their way into the new habit. This for me really rang true when I thought about, you know, I thought back over my journey of exercise and fitness and all of those kinds of things. And there were so many years that I would start these new workout programs or I would start these new diets and I would think, man, I'm all in, I'm going for it. I would get a few days into the workout program, not see results right away, right? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, where are my abs? I've been you know, doing this for three days or five days. What's going on? It's not working. And so I would eventually kind of give up and quit, right? And I did that for years, like getting on the diet and the workout program, getting off, getting back on, getting off. 
And for me, for I don't even know how many years now, getting in some form of movement every single day is kind of a non-negotiable, but I don't really have to argue with myself about it anymore. I don't have to, you know, it doesn't feel like I'm forcing myself to do it. That does not mean that there are not days that maybe I feel less motivated or that there are days where, you know, yeah, maybe I don't get all of my steps in or, you know, I do a 10 minute workout instead of a 30 minute, whatever that is. But movement for me in some way, shape or form has just kind of become this non-negotiable. It just be, it's literally, it's become like brushing my teeth. And so when I was reading that book, I was kind of thinking about that process for me. And I don't remember exactly, you know, when that switched or, you know, how that flipped in my head, but I just am a person that moves my body every single day. And so maybe it's just as simple as adopting that thought about yourself, right? So like, what is the habit? What is the behavior that you're wanting to implement, you know, on the way to the goal or as part of this goal? And maybe it's just adopting that thought or that belief about yourself I'm just somebody who gets eight hours of sleep a night. I'm just somebody who drinks X number of ounces of water. You know, I'm just somebody who only drinks three glasses of wine a week or whatever that is for you. But it's just becoming that person. It's thinking about that instead of trying to put all of these new actions and habits over your existing self-concept or identity, which might be saying, you know, exercise sucks. It's so hard. I'm unmotivated all of those kinds of things, it's going to feel like there's a little bit of an internal war where there's part of you that's wanting to make these changes, part of you that's wanting to reach these goals, but your current self-concept or identity is a lot stronger and it's the person that maybe doesn't want to change. And so what James Clear was suggesting and what much of it seems like neuroscience is really pointing to is that it is more about being the person who dot, 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 fill in that goal for yourself, exercises daily, gets eight hours of sleep, eats more veggies, is more present with their family, worries or stresses over food less, right? Or whatever your body looks like, whatever that is for you. It's about becoming and being the person who has that result, who has that goal. So being comes from thinking, feeling, and doing, not just doing, not just taking the actions. Being comes from thinking about yourself as if you've already achieved those specific goals for yourself. It comes from living your life right now as the woman who already has the life that you want to be living. So one way that you can tangibly do this is to check in with yourself, right? So it's like when you kind of come to those crossroad moments of, okay, I scheduled that I was going to get up and work out right now but right now I feel like I'd rather actually stay in bed, that's one of those crossroad moments, right? Of if I was the woman that already had the goal that I want, would I get up and get out of bed and go work out or would I stay in bed, right? And that's, again, that's not to say that there may not be certain times or certain days where you actually do need the sleep, you do need to stay in bed if you're coming down with something, if you're fighting a bug or something like that. This is where just knowing where your specific growth is. For myself personally, I have learned that it is very easy for me to become kind of over-disciplined, over-focused, super rigid. And so part of my growth has been learning to relax and to not be so strict, not be so rigid. 
you might be listening to this and you might be thinking, that is definitely not my problem. Like I, I really do notice that if I was a little bit more disciplined, if I had a little bit more self-control, you know, that that would actually enhance my life. So it's just about knowing where your growth is. But when you come to those crossroad moments and you experience those all throughout your day, should I eat this or should I eat this? Right? Like I know that this is probably going to fuel my body better, probably going to feel better in my body, but this is the thing that sounds really good right now in this moment. Right? So it's like you're, whenever you come to those crossroad moments, pause and just kind of ask yourself, if I already had the thing, if I already was at the goal that I wanted to be at, which decision would I be making? Okay, take the bigger goal and chunk it down. So my husband says, he likes to say to me when I'm feeling overwhelmed about a big project or something, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So just break your goal down into manageable bite-sized pieces and ask yourself what you can do today towards the bigger goal or the vision. And a lot of times, you know, if we have these big goals, we can almost become paralyzed because we think, oh my gosh, this thing is so huge. I don't even know where to start, but it's just starting, right? It's just taking the next step that's right in front of you. And it's just really looking at that bigger goal and making a guess, because you never know really the how to a goal until you've reached the goal, but making a guess on what are some things that you could try that could potentially get you to the goal, right? Breaking it down into kind of these milestones. Okay, if I have the goal eventually of running a marathon, but I've never gone for a run before in my life, then maybe I'm going to start with a 5k, right? And then once I get the 5k down, maybe I want to bump to a 10k, and then maybe a half marathon, right? So it's just like taking that bigger goal and it's like, okay, I know eventually that's the target. That's where I wanna be. What are some smaller goals that I could work to reach in the interim? And part of what that's gonna do is it's going to start to build your self-efficacy. So the belief in yourself that you can achieve it, your confidence and those kinds of things as well. Plus, as you kind of get those small little wins, those are going to start to snowball. You're going to start to pick up some momentum and really start to get some steam towards that bigger goal. We learned that when we did the Dave Ramsey money program years ago, the seven baby steps, right? It's like you start kind of with these small little things. Eventually, the goal is to be debt free. But along the way, you know, if you just think about, oh, my gosh, we have, I don't know, $400,000 in debt, including the mortgage, let's just start paying it off. That can seem really daunting and overwhelming, but it's like, okay, let's just get $1,000 saved for an emergency fund. Okay. You know, what's the next thing? And so just kind of taking that same approach with other goals, it's whatever the big goal is, how can we kind of chunk that down to start to amass those smaller wins to build the confidence, to build the belief and to build the momentum. So the next one is to make changes to your lifestyle that you really could envision yourself living day in and day out, right? So small changes done consistently versus taking those extreme measures that you can only manage for a short period of time. This sort of goes back to that concept of being versus doing, right? When you think about yourself at your goal, what would you be doing? How would you be being in your life? What wouldn't you be doing or eating anymore? How would you be exercising or moving your body? How would you be around food? What sort of things would you think or tell yourself about you and about your body? And what wouldn't you anymore? 
the problem I see often is that women will take such drastic measures, like we like to take huge extreme measures with the food restriction, the intense exercise, but it's not sustainable. We either get injured, um, we start to kind of burn out and lose motivation. We, you know, our body kind of starts to fight against that a little bit because it's thinking, okay, you know, we've really ramped up the activity. We're not getting enough food coming in, starts to ratchet up your cravings and your hunger levels. So you start to eat more. And so it's, you know, it's really thinking about what could I see myself doing for the rest of my life, right? Like if I don't have any desire to give up bread, then probably doing like a low carb or a no carb diet where I completely cut out bread or pasta is probably not something that I want to do, right? So it's just thinking about, okay, if I was at my goal, how would I be living my life and how can I start to implement that now? So it's just making those small, consistent changes over time and really asking yourself, like, how do I want to be living my life? How do I want to feel? Because you might even be able to do something extreme for a while, but you're going to completely hate living your life, right? Like I just had a client message me and she was like, you know, I can eat the fish, I can eat the veggies for a little while, but then I just get so sick and tired of that you know, because I don't feel like I'm actually living my life. And so there's a lot of different things kind of happening there. But for her, we've identified that eating fish and vegetables all the time when your family's maybe having family pizza night or, you know, pasta or a hamburger or something, maybe that's not going to be the solution. So how do we work to find stuff that's going to work for you that's still going to also honor your goals? So focusing less. So the next one, focus on the input and stress or worry less about the results. So focus on what you can do. Focus on the daily actions, the things that you can think, the way that you can be showing up. This is gonna keep you present and focused on what is within your control 100% versus obsessing and worrying about the results, right? This is kind of like when you have a weight loss goal and you get on the scale every single day and you obsess over the number that's on the scale right now versus the number that you're hoping that it will read one day. Instead of focusing all of your energy on those results, focus on the daily habits or the little things that you can do instead, right? So focus on the input, not so much on the output or the results. Now the next one, as cliche as this one may sound, the whole point of setting goals is more about who you become in the process or along the way to the goal than it is the goal itself. Now, I never really got this until a couple of years ago when I was holding my degree in my hand. I apparently graduated with honors. It said summa cum laude. I had no idea what that meant. I actually had to Google it because I had only heard of, I think, magna cum laude. I remember holding this piece of paper And on the one hand, I felt so proud of myself, but on the other hand, there was this little bit of sadness because I had spent the last five years busting my butt to get good grades, to get this degree. There were many nights where I felt like I sacrificed, like looking back, I noticed that I had sacrificed time with my husband, with my kids, thinking that once I had this degree, you know, it was going to unlock and open all of these doors. And I'm not saying that it hasn't. It's definitely paid off, but 
there was just this little bit of sadness because I realized in that moment that the goals in and of themselves are not going to be the things that bring you the happiness or bring you the joy or bring you the contentment. And you just have to ask yourself, do you constantly want to be chasing the next finish line and not really enjoying your life right now, not really enjoying and being present or enjoying the process? So for that, I know this can be incredibly sensitive, especially when we're talking about your weight or a weight loss goal or what your body looks like. But it's really thinking about like, again, this goes back to that being right, like, who do I want to be in my life? How do I want to be showing up? Right? And trusting and knowing that if you are consistent with those things that will eventually lead you to the goals and lead you to where you want to be. But what I've experienced for myself and what I've seen often in working with other women is that by the time you get to the goal, either the goal in and of itself doesn't feel like it's enough, right? Like you could have lost 60 pounds and then you get to that 60 pound weight loss goal and you think, man, I just need to lose like 10 more pounds or 15 more pounds and then. Or what also happens is that we reach the goal, but we've already set another goal for ourselves. So we don't even actually get to enjoy the, the result, right? We don't get to enjoy the fruits of our labor because we already have our sights set on another goal. So just focusing on the journey, the process, who you are becoming, those daily actions, and less on, you know, hustling and running yourself into the ground trying to get to the goal. So last but definitely not least, work on your relationship to yourself. Now, this one I feel like is kind of the foundation to all of the others. And I've experienced this. I've seen this in the other women that I've worked with. We have chased goals to feel better about ourselves or our bodies or something like that. And it almost feels like you're trying to outrun all of the negative things that you think about yourself or the negative ways that you feel about yourself. You think if I just had that body or that house or if I, you know, was doing that in my career or if I had that, you know, kind of a marriage or if my family was more like that, whatever that thing is for you, we think, oh, then I would finally be happy. But the problem is, as we reach those different milestones, we end up taking all of that crappy thinking about ourselves, about our lives with us. Right. This is part of, I think, what kind of drives us to keep hustling and putting so much pressure on ourselves to reach those different goals and to reach them fast. Usually there is that sense of urgency, but that urgency really comes from this urgent need to feel better about ourselves, or the urgency to escape all of the bad thinking and the bad ways that we feel about ourselves now. So cleaning up and healing your relationship to yourself is ultimately going to be what makes all of these other things possible. All right, that is what I have for you today. Those were some of the things that have kind of stuck out to me in the reading and the listening for goal setting and resolutions that I wanted to bring and I wanted to share with you kind of using my own spin. I hope that this encourages you and inspires you to think different, differently about yourself and your goals this year and really the way that you want to be approaching them. And if you want help in this area, fleshing out a vision, creating the strategy and the roadmap to get you to your goals that you have for yourself in 2023, then you can message me on either Instagram or Facebook, or you can shoot me an email to set up a free chat. I'll have all the links for that stuff in the show notes below. 
Thank you again for spending your time with me today. If this podcast is helpful for you, please share this with somebody else. Leave us a five-star review that helps get the show in front of more people. And I look forward to being back here with you again next week. Until then, bye.